If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello. I'm sorry, Tosh. Did you want to say something? Okay. <laughs> She's verklempt right now. All right. So back, back on topic. What's our topic today? Regression. Um, it is uh, a significant indicator for many um, when even starting looking at uh, your, if your child is, is potentially autistic or not. Um, because for many people, that's sometimes the initial indicator is they're not necessarily aware or, um, we're doing breathing exercises. Um, they're certainly not aware or maybe paying too much closely, close attention to, other uh, developmental delays um, because the delay may not necessarily be a regression. So we're going to talk about all different angles of regression here and what that looks like as you also move on after you get diagnosis um, in our discussion. So hang tight. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay, is everybody behaving? I'm sorry. Well. We're like being really distracting. <laughs> Jean's know. trying to give this like I'm doing very well though. at the beginning and like trying to introduce everything and we're like <laughs> making faces at each other and just acting like we're in third grade. So sorry. So side note, I uh, was talking to a friend uh, yesterday and he was talking. I had said, I'm like, well, you know, you should do a podcast. And he was like, what? From my closet? You know? <laughs> And I said, yeah, how do you think I do it? I feel very good right now. How do you think we all do it? We all don't have these like professional studios. studios. (laughs) Like I have a very But wouldn't that be the thing? Come on. It sure would. One day. One day. One day. day. But I mean, we all live 
apart from each other. So, I mean, having four separate studios, that's, that's a lot of overhead. <laughs> it's time for that. Um, or money goals. for that. We, goals. We don't have it. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag goals. So yeah. <laughs> here, streaming, coming to you live from our closets today, we are talking about uh, regression uh, and autism. And regression and autism is typically indicated as developmental regression. It's mainly, you mainly see it in that toddler or preschool age years. Um, The most common regression is uh, loss of speech. Um, You also sometimes have loss of certain um, motor skills. And this also can be a very... um, what's the word it can it can kind of be confusing and misleading and nerve-wracking because you're uncertain of what the regression represents does it represent something that is a developmental delay or developmental disorder or or is it something that's of of a deteriorative nature Um, because a lot of those presentations can also, um, be indicative of other diagnoses and not just autism, um, like even like muscular dystrophy and, um, cerebral palsy, um, um, certain epileptic, um, there's different types of deteriorative, uh, disorders that again, kind of can present in that, regression, uh, criteria per se. So it's, it's important to take note of that when it does, um, when it does happen. So I'm just going to read exactly what, um, the occurrence of a developmental regression, what that is, uh, what that is in autism spectrum disorder is uh, one of the most puzzling, uh, phenomenon of the disorder and little known, Little is known about the nature and mechanism of the developmental regression in ASD. Um, about one third of young children with ASD lose some skills during the preschool period, and it is usually speech, as I had indicated, but sometimes also nonverbal communication, social, or play skills are also impacted. There is a lot of evidence suggesting that most children who demonstrate regression also had a previous subtle developmental differences, and so it is difficult to predict the prognosis of autistic children with the developmental uh, regression, and it um, seems that the earlier developmental of social language and attachment behaviors followed by regression does not predict the later recovery of skills or better development of outcomes. The underlying mechanisms that lead to regression and autism are unknown, and the role of the subclinical epilepsy and developmental regression of children with autism remains unclear. So unfortunately, you know, this topic is kind of an ambiguous topic, but there's sometimes it also can cover a lot of areas. So once you actually do get a diagnosis of autism for your child, and they start getting services, you can sort of leverage that term um, to your um, benefit uh, for getting for getting additional services because if there's even a manifestation um, 
of the of any kind of behaviors even kind of uh, representing themselves or or maybe refusal of certain what abilities they had you know maybe a month ago or a week ago or whatever and you're seeing that that can indicate that your child may need more services and support to evaluate okay well why is this happening and where can we get that generalization are we going to see those those abilities you know come back to so um i'll start with what how it ended up for us like on our journey um i was probably textbook to what was in that description that i had gave um about developmental regression with Rory is that there were subtle um, indicators of, of, of possible delays or differences. Um, but the main thing that happened was after his second birthday and our move to from Baltimore to Texas, um, he lost a significant amount of his language. Now, keeping in mind, he also never had the full repertoire of language that a two-year-old would have. He didn't have it at a one-year-old mark, that one-year-old, like none of those Mm -hmm. milestones. While he had some language, he never had the full range of that repertoire. So when he was even, when that was gone, um, it was quite alarming and uh, my cat has something to say about that because <laughs> in my professional studio, <laughs> my student <laughs> ex-husband uh. locked him out of the closet. So um, there we go about like, that life. That is, this is um, Jean, by the way, everybody. This is Jean talking. Yeah. I did, ha- I did have some – I had some um, new listeners, sorry, side note real quick, say, oh my gosh, I love your podcast, your guys' podcast, but I can't tell you guys apart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it doesn't really help when we all She's are. like, I'm really trying to figure out the names of each people's kiddos so I can, you know, because Shannon and Britt uh, yes. sa- sound similar and you and I sound similar. Yes. So mm. I feel like maybe we should start this like, like you know, an AA me. Hi, my name is Jean. Hi, my name <laughs> is Natasha. Hi, Jean. Hi, Tosh. Welcome. No, welcome. <clears throat> welcome. Yeah. So speaking Sorry, of regression, you guys. <laughs> we digress. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming, we're coming back, coming back. Um, it might be a mess today, just a little. <clears throat> yeah, but for this your is a super helpful conversation uh, because I, this I know is a um, well about whatever, like two decades ago, or maybe even around the time that Brittany, when um, Austin was diagnosed, there was there was. A lot of alarm just worldwide and nationwide about this sudden sudden influx of autism diagnoses. And a lot of people were explaining their child's regressions as like they felt like their kid was body snatched. Mm-hmm. They woke up the next morning and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the kid wasn't talking, wasn't engaging with them. Like they were a completely different child and they don't. It is like, again, as explains, it's this phenomenon. Um, our move, obviously moving is hectic. I was also giving birth to our second child. And uh, so it wasn't exactly 
uber keen on it, thinking that it was completely gone. I think I thought we'll give it time. Like it was sort of like I thought he was maybe possibly overwhelmed. Yeah. But then it was like, no, he just is, has two words right now. And at least he at least had like, you know, 50. So what is going well, which on? Which is a huge drop. Right. And I was thinking, okay, well, he just has a speech delay. I still was not like thinking autism. Of course, that was like if people listen to our, my story, you know, it was not, that was not, it was not a, a, immediately on that bandwagon or that thinking. I just was thinking, okay, he has a speech disorder, which was not too shocking again, because he didn't have the full repertoire to begin with. Um, but by the time he turned three and like all of the things, all the, you know, I got, had consulted with my friend who was an SLP and trying to like prompt and model speech. I, it was not coming. Um, and so fast forward by the time that we did get our diagnoses, um, from the neurologist, uh, basically a year later after that time, you know, it's just such a process. It's not something that happens overnight getting, you know, that whole journey of evaluations and discovery and all that stuff. You know, he waited, you know, he observed for about like almost two hours. And then that's when he, when he explained to me his explanation as to why the initial alarm bell was he lost his speech. Mm-hmm. And then he obviously, checked boxes of the other domains, um, inside of the autism profile, but that was the initial thing. So it's a very, um, if that has occurred in your child, that is, you know, pretty good indicator, um, that they should, they should be evaluated. And then, and then later on, I can share more as we, as this conversation evolves about how that has looked in, different time periods of looking at, um, treatment plans for his therapies and stuff, um, and educational plans. And that's where that, that word regression, I feel kind of gets sometimes misused or misapplied, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's purposely misapplied to work out in our benefit. So it has many different uses, you know, uh, applications, I guess. So I think that's, that's part of why I went you know, wanted us to have this conversation on the podcast because a lot of people, especially if they're new to this journey are like, aren't really clear on what, what, a, what a regression really truly is. Um, yeah. So versus just refusal. Yeah. Or not, or just overwhelm. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like just like not, the, uh, because our kids are so, um, their sensory profiles. Yeah, sensory dysregulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. Well, and tense. those change constantly too, right? Like mm-hmm. your kid's sensory diet changes right. constantly. Right. I remember the first right. time I heard the word sensory diet. I'm like, what are you even talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. Sounds um, so woo-woo, right? Yeah. But I also think like there's this huge fear, at least for me, like in the beginning, it's like, okay, we are seeing regression, but is this temporary regression because like Mm -hmm. you said gene like there's overwhelm happening or there's something out of sorts or are we facing you know permanent regression which is what i think every parent is so fearful of is that permanent regression are we going to get this skill back and Mm -hmm. i do it like with gracie i have never full-on had a permanent regression with her like in her own time she has always 
same gained. Yeah. Gained that skill back. So um, obviously that's not the same for everybody. So I don't want to say that, but I do think it's so common in the beginning of the diagnosis to be so incredibly fearful of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you let it weigh on you. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. That's all. What about, what about you? (laughs) That was Shannon, by the way. Oh Mm -hmm. God. This is Brittany. Hello, I'm Brittany. Um, hello. It's Brittany. Brittany. Hello. Hello. My voice is not normally this deep. I'm fighting a cold. So Is it deep? Um, because I think Jean mm. and I have the deepest of deep voices. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be like you guys. Don't don't knock me for imitation That's here. Okay. We yes. understand. We yes. understand. So Austin is going to be 16 very soon. Um by the time this is published, I think he will be 16. So, uh, you know, 14 years ago when we were first starting this autism diagnosis and searching for answers, uh, we, I, I did not see a regression. We did not experience any kind of notable regression. He just never had the skills to begin with. Mm. So that was kind of my... Um, foray foray into this world as um, I cannot imagine. I've heard other parents' stories of how it is seemingly like their child wakes up one morning or they have a cold one day and then when they, you know, feel better, all of a sudden they've lost half of their language or Mm -hmm. whatever. And that just sounds absolutely terrifying to me. I would be very concerned. It would be shocking and alarming. Mm -hmm. But uh, for us, it was more of we just never had the skills from the onset. Um, so that's kind of been my, my experience with that. And it's fairly similar with Ruby as well. Um, we started off kind of how Rory, uh, did where we, you notice the speech and the, the lack of, or the, the holes in the language and, um, started off with speech therapy and then, you know, you gradually, see more signs or professionals talk to you about other diagnoses or, you know, in my case, we had an older sibling. So I thought to, well, let's just test anyway, just in case. And then sure enough, she also has an autism diagnosis. So um, that's kind of where we're at. Um, As far as overall regression, regression, uh, we used to have, Austin used to be at least daytime number one potty trained. Um, And thanks to this lovely thing called COVID-19, where the world shut down, he regressed completely back to pull-ups. And we are still there now, Um, even though seemingly the rest of our world has gone back to, you know, quote, normal, whatever that means. So, and that's the question, right? Is it, is it a permanent regression? Is this a skill that we just need to build back up and it was just a temporary regression? Or is he just refusing to use the bathroom because I can't be bothered with this stuff, mother, you know? And I don't, I don't know if it's a temporary or a permanent, but I think there is an element of refusal mixed in with the regression. So I think also while we're saying about refusal, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I think it can also be a, a mixture of sometimes when it's refusal, it's demand avoidance. Yes. Like 
Like, yeah, and I don't, I don't want refusal to seem like this, you know, naughty word or something like that, you know. But I mean, oh no, it's not that, naughty at all. Yeah, I don't think you know. it's naughty. Okay. <laughs> no, just, no, no, I, I think. Yeah, let's I explain think, that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just like because our kids love. It is very common to have. Um, what's the is it uh, ODD or or PDA? So uh, oppositional demand avoidant or uh, oppositional de- uh, defiance disorder or pathological demand avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know sometimes you don't know if that's what's behind what's going on. Like that's why I wanted to point that say that out. Like um cuz it's it's very very common like you it's so you don't know and especially if your child isn't able to verbally express like i don't you know whether whether how whatever that looks like whether they're using an acc device or not what if they're you're not getting the expression of like no i'm not going potty because mm-hmm. guess what rory purposely now just will not use the bathroom in the morning he is completely demand avoidant, but he's not having accidents and he will eventually take himself when on his time when he mm-hmm. feels like going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So. You have to add in the whole like teenage preteen aspect to it as well. Yeah. It's oh, complicated. Yeah, fun, times. fun times. Fun times. Party on. Party on. Party on, Wayne. Party on, girl. <laughs> what about what about you, Tosh? Because before mm-hmm. you had the autism diagnosis, he was, you know, he was a preemie. So he was getting mm-hmm. a lot of those early yeah. intervention therapies. You know, have yeah. you? So, you know, I, I mean, obviously our story starts out a little bit differently than, than everybody else's mm-hmm. because Jack was born... Uh, quite a bit early. Um, so there is that level of just already accepting that there is going to possibly be delay. Um, you know, but they say, and I've said this multiple other times on, on, um, episodes that, that, you know, technically or traditionally or whatever word, word did you want to use that, that children will, um, reach, you know, th- those points by one years old. But that's not always the case, right? Every every child is different in how they develop, whether they are, you know, divergent or typical. Um, but yes, Jack was definitely showing, you know, he was showing those signs of, of um, delay in multiple areas, you know, large motor skills, fine motor skills, speech, etc. Um, so we did have the uh, capability of getting him into, uh, what is it called in our area? Early, OT, or early intervention. Early intervention. There we go. Um, or child find. Child find. Right. Right. Um, ECI. So, ECI. You know, but I mean, then again, you know, in our story, we don't, we didn't have a great situation with that. You know, we, it was inconsistent. Um, you know, he didn't have it for very long. And then when they, you know, tested him at three years old to see if he would qualify for the school district, they tested him out of it. You know, but that that was right there was the push for um, you know not just Tyler and I, but of course our our pediatrician to say no, something's not you know something's not adding up. Um, so there was definitely 
you know, that that lag time between when he graduated out of this early intervention and then him going into just a regular preschool um, co-op, you know, classroom or whatever, it there was there was definite <laughs> what I would say regression, you know, where he was not using the language that he had had and um and you know again fine motor skills large motor skills all of it were just not what they were you know um so yeah that's that's when we dove into the getting on on the um testing for a diagnosis um and I would say now, you know, obviously as our children are changing in age and um, just everything, puberty, all of it, that educationally for Jack is what we are really noticing, you know, a regression. Um, but again, how do you – tell me, Jean, how do they – It's it's this – I don't know. And I mean, you, I mean, you can speak to this more, but it's this fine line, you know, of like, of, of the state that you're in, the school district that you're in, all of it, of, of how do we show this regression? The rubrics. The rubrics. The rubrics how do and we, how which you know, they measure, how they measure and what and is, then, what I mean, even just between regression. sped teacher to sped teacher, right? Like who's doing their job better? Because we've had a few that have not done a good job. And, right. you know, Jack, obviously should have qualified for, um, you know, summer schools every, you know, or the ESY every year, but, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that's our, that's, I would say our biggest, what, what Tyler and I notice now is that the educational component for Jack in, in right. regression. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there has to be. So when, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful now that especially in the school setting, this is taking place without me having to necessarily hover over it, but it, but, um, I really had to finally like monitor it a lot, but we already had it in like his always had it ongoing in his ABA treatment plan. So even if he mastered out of a target, right, they always had, um, as best practice, a uh, maintenance, right? So that you always kind of revisited some of those skills that they had previously mastered to make sure that they've still are retaining that and have generalized that skill that they haven't lost mm-hmm. that generalization, and that you don't need to impart that back in. And I think that again, all of our kids' profiles are all different, so that level of maintenance is going to look different for each kid. And I think that gets overlooked. And then where you'll see it, there's just this, if they, if they have, um, at one point really mastered something like, which it sounds like has happened repeatedly with Jack, right? Where he's, he's mastered something and he's really generalized that skill. There seems to have maybe lost some type of maintenance plan to make sure that he's still retaining and generalizing those skills in order. So you're still then moving the needle to be able to build upon stuff instead of being like, okay, well now we're set back and now we have to like, mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, and sometimes the other thing that happens with our kids, it can't happen too much too, is 
over maintenance. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like over programming because then they get bored. Our kids want to be challenged. So what I also had to make sure with his maintenance plans with school and in his treatment plans was that in their efforts to do that is that they were finding new ways to implement that maintenance to still measure the goal, measure whatever it is, target that they're working on without just using the same exact practicum that they maybe did when he was four years old. Because what I found was he was really mad and he was completely demand avoided. And they just were like, oh, he still hasn't mastered out of this one area because now we're just having to keep redoing maintenance. I said, it's because you're doing the same thing. He's bored. Mm -hmm. He's bored and he's mad. And when we got a new BCBA in and she like revamped his treatment plan and the way that she approached things, it was really refreshing. And very quickly, there was this, the way it was measured, he very quickly regained what they were saying he kind of was maybe lost mastery of, right? So, I mean, there's all different ways to frame this. Like even if you're listening to me talk right now, right? Like how you want to leverage and use the term regression. And in fact, with the school side of things, as parents, we're, if we want our kids to maintain eligibility of services, whether that be through the duration of the school year or even ESY, and especially the main argument with ESY is you have to demonstrate that they've had regression in order to meet the, you know, certain qualification or criteria, then like, okay, well, what is your def? You have to like get down on their level. Okay, well, what is your definition of regression? And it's sort of like how you have to start to kind of manipulate, well, (laughs) what that has to look like on paper in order for you to get what you know your kid needs. Sometimes it's like learning how to work the system. And so I feel like sometimes the word regression can be flippantly thrown around um, if people aren't really mindful. It's exactly the way that you're using it. It's how you're using it or when Mm -hmm. it needs to be used. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe on paper, we're showing that Jack is regressed, but really you don't think he's totally regressed. He just actually probably he may, and I'm only saying this as total, like, yeah, an example, um, yeah, an example, you know, um, that he may just, you know, need to revisit or have the information reintroduced to him in a refreshing way. Like it's Mm -hmm. sort of just having to reevaluate because our kids, like Brittany said, it all changes when they start approaching adolescence, the physiological changes of them and their environmental changes present, new set of demands for them, the transition from elementary school to middle school, from middle school to high school. And uh, even a lot of parents that have kids who maybe have profiles that are considered higher performing, where they may have not seen regressive behaviors in those primary years, but in those secondary years, they're seeing more challenges. And Mm -hmm. And God forbid, you know, once, if they do end up going post-secondary and going to college, then they're, then all of a sudden they're an adult and not with the right supports that they need because everybody presumed competence all of the time and didn't realize that the new set of demands was going to have different implications and pressures onto their systems, 
their processing systems, their executive functioning, their sensory, um, their motor, like all of those things that where they may have not had those challenges at those times, they're now having them now. And that would probably look on paper from a medical pathological standpoint of regression or if there's an educational plan or government plan, like you would have to prove that, okay, well, there's a regression in this arena. So you can prove that you, this individual, this human being needs support. So it's quite, it's a, it's a, the regression conversation still carries on throughout the lifespan. I just think it, the nature of it changes but yet there is still, there's even, and I should have looked this up before I got on here, but people can Google it. It's worth a Google, but don't fall in a hole. There are, there is a deteriorative form of autism where when kids reach adolescence, <laughs> um, they can continuously lose skills. Um, it's extremely rare, like I think it's like 0.001%. Like it's very, very rare. Um, So it's like when people ask all the time, and I don't know if y'all get this question a lot, well, what do you see for his life and his future? Where do you think this is going? What's the trajectory? Well, first of all, it's not linear, as we say. This is not a linear path. This is not a linear trajectory. You know, it's, it's a ever-changing, evolving, moving target. Yeah. Well, that, and I don't even know what the trajectory of Sloan's future is. So, I mean, if we're just being honest. I always laugh when they ask. It's like, yeah, I'll let you know when I figure it out. It's a curious thing. I think it stems out of like, well, this is a different way of thinking about your child versus the you know, the ladder, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the nerd. And, and I mean, I do, I do understand because I feel like, like we've talked about in other episodes, we do have to, um, you know, hope for the best kind of plan for the best, prepare for the worst essentially, you know, and, and I know that's aggressive way to say it, mm. but you know, where we, where we are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, um, but that doesn't mean that, who knows what's going to happen? Rory's going to be working for NASA or, you know, Jack is going to be teaching, you know, health at a high school, you know, whatever. I, I mean, who, who knows? knows, you know? Yeah. Um, but this, this conversation is hard though, because, you know, I, I feel like us as parents, it doesn't matter what portion we're in, you know, I mean, I'm on what, how is this going into five years of diagnosis? <laughs> five years of diagnosis. I thought you were trying to measure how old your child was. I'm like, I don't know how old's my kid. He's almost nine. <laughs> yeah. So five years of diagnosis, um, you know, and it's like, it's changed so much already. There is no, I mean, things have stayed the same, but changed. Does that even make any sense? You yeah, know? So it's like, it it's hard to even... And you and us as the parent, we are our own worst enemy in the sense of like constantly being like, oh my gosh, are we in a state of regression or, you know, are they just at this different point where like, you know, Jack and Rory have ADHD, you know? And so are we just at a point where we need to change medications because they're just kind of refusing because they are, like you said, bored or whatever it might be. It is, you're just, 
in it all the time trying to figure out the moving parts of the equation. Well, and I think too, like speaking on moving parts, right, is, um, you know, I requested a behavioral observation for Gracie this year just due to frustration and transitions and all of those other things. And I think it's also finding a team that is willing to step outside of the box a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. That are willing to try new things that aren't so stuck in the patterns of what it should look like. And part of Gracie's new, you know, behavior plan that we're working on is, um, <laughs> like they know she's a sensory seeker and they're like, okay, well, we can't give her like one of those yoga ball seats because she'll go ham in it. Like she'll be bouncing all over. Like they know her well enough to be like, okay, that's a little too much, but like, we're going to give Gracie a wiggle seat and we're going to put it in her chair. So that way when she's doing some work, you know, she can be on a wiggle chair and she has like a sensory necklace. So if she wants to chew on something, um, and that could have easily looked like, well, Gracie's regressing in her ability to, you know, attend to a task at a table. Well, no, but but the sensory diet around that has changed. So now we need to provide her with additional right. supports to keep her at the table and attending the task. Um, and in a weird change of, you know, because that's just what our lives are, our weird changes constantly. Um Gracie now is very set on task completion mm. and no downtime. So like we're learning right now in this season for Gracie, like she needs her aide needs to have her tasks set out beforehand. It can't be like, okay, we're going to do this task. And now we have some downtime while I figure out what the next task is. Mm-hmm. It's no. I need to know that these are the four tasks that we are going to get done. And there may be a sensory break in between, but now Gracie sees exactly what is happening. And she knows when she's done with this one, we move on to this one. Mm -hmm. And Gracie's struggle, you know, I mean, we've had speech regression before. I think that that's, you know, I think we've all had that. But um, we really struggle with breaks and downtime. So like, breaks from school. We just had fall break. Like a week out of school is detrimental to her. And there's only so much I as a parent can duplicate at home. I can't make a classroom atmosphere at home. I have a 16-year-old and a 7-year-old, right? Like there is no way for me to duplicate what they can do at school. So her teaching team was great and they sent home worksheets because clearly right now she's task-oriented. And that was good, but it is still always a struggle getting back to school. So it's not, we're not regressing on the academics. She still knows what she knew, but we are regressing on the expectations, on the routine, on what going to school looks like, on how she carries on throughout her day, on how she feels at the end of the day. Because when we go back to that break or after that break, it's like at the end of the day, she is done. She's overstimulated because she just went through nine days without Right. Any of that. Yeah. So, and that has usually been the reason that Gracie has qualified for extended school year. It's not the the regression when it comes to the academics, but it is the real big struggle of changing that um, schedule that she's mm. on. And it's right. funny to me because I've always told people, Gracie is not, she's not rigid in the fact that like, no, we wake up at 6.30 and we eat breakfast at 6.45 and I am going to eat this. And then the minute I am done, I am going Jack. to watch iPad. Like she is, Jack. right? Yeah. 
She's not rigid when it comes to that. Like I can say, hey, let's go to Target and she'll jump in the car. It doesn't all have to be planned out for her. But she is rigid in the fact that like she needs to know what's going to be expected of her and she expects to go to school and she expects to, you know, go mm-hmm. to centers and she expects to come home. And um, when that is disrupted, we start to see a lot of regression and it's all behavioral. It's behavioral aggression. It's her acting out. It's her being frustrated um, and trying to figure out that frustration before it turns into aggression. Yeah, it sounds you like know? the frequency, she needs to operate at a frequency of a mm-hmm. continuum. Mm-hmm. It's right. the disruption to that continuum that really totally agitates the entire situation for her. And then, you know, with our kids should still be challenged, right? So part of the reason why, you know, and I know this for Rory too, that the sensory and even the, the medicine part has to be revisited mm-hmm. when, um, you know, the task demand starts to get higher as that mm-hmm. increases and you have to reevaluate all those pieces too. Because if that does not, is that that's not factored in, it's almost like a guarantee that we're going to see these things happen. Mm-hmm. Right. I think, um, I think the also really interesting part that I, that I learned early on, very early on was when Roy did start speech therapy then he started having all of these like aggressive behaviors, like they were just up in high gear and I didn't know how to interpret that. But now that I'm a well-seasoned parent, I know that now, right? I know that's, that coincides with what I just explained. He, there's a new set of demands and expectations on him. And when they're going to have that, they're going to act out and there's going to be behaviors and that's common. And I don't think the medical professionals, maybe even the educational teams, um, explain that and relay that out for, for families. And so that can really be alarming because you're like, well, what does that mean? What does, what does that mean? You know, it has you right in a state of anxiety and fear and like desperation of like trying to, to figure it out. So Yeah, it's just such a, it is such a biggie, Um, but it's constantly changing. It's going to change, but as that term regression can be used in a positive way to help us get what our kids need, it's just learning how it has to be applied to the certain arenas, whether it be the educational arena or the medical arena for you to get what you get what you need. So yeah. Yeah. Any, um, um, Brittany, what were you going to say? I have like a, I guess a closing thought or whatever. Um, because my situation, um, with Austin in particular, Austin's abilities in his, um, his severity level is, is quite high. And, um, it has, you know, we've, we've worked through a lot of grief and acceptance. We've, if, if you haven't listened to our grief series, please do. We talk about the stages of grief and, and working through those 
um, not only for your child, but your expectations for them, the future you see for them, all those kinds of things. And you can have little mini, you know, session, you know, revisits of all those stages of grief. If you go through a cycle of regression with your child, um, you can revisit some of those feelings of denial or anger or whatever. And, um, we continue to do this and it with Austin in particular. And I've really, um, I've really come to a place right now, at least at the stage we're in, you know, we're in the thick of the teenage years, um, with all the hormones and everything. And I've just really come to a point where I just want him to be happy. Yeah. I want him to be happy and I want him to have a good life. Um, if he doesn't gain another single skill, I need to be okay with that. Um, and it, but, but if he doesn't gain any more skills, if we don't see progression, Austin's not going to go to college. I mean, the chances of that happening are so very slim. I mean, I will never shut the door in his face. If if we somehow find some magical therapy and, you know, some way for him to communicate and he's able to take off and and soar through the academic heights, we will 100% support him in that. But as of right now in the stage we're at, that it's not that's not realistic for us to even consider that as an option. So he's not going to live on his own ever. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go to college. He's not going. He's not going to be able to have any kind of relationship where he's going to be able to get married or have some kind of romantic partner. Um, that's just not where he's he's able to do those things right now. Um, and so I need to not only wrap my head around that, but I need to accept that on some level as his parent. And then I need to look at okay, well. If our regression and our our lack of progression is here, wh- then what is our quality of life? What does Austin need mm-hmm. to be happy? Mm-hmm. And and that's what I focus on with him, um, and and to some extent even Ruby. All of my children really. It's affected all my my status with all of my children, mm-hmm. and I've really learned um, to to try to. F- and I'm continuing to do this. This is not like I've figured all this out and I'm this, you know, amazing person. But I just I, I'm continuing to to revisit this idea that it really, really truly, if my children are happy and they are um, providing some kind of um, impact, a, 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 an impact of good. What's the word I'm looking for? Like you know, they're, they're a, a good influence on society or they're contributing in some way where they are making the world a better place and they are happy, then that is, that is it. That's, yeah. that's all I need to do. And that is my job as a parent yeah. to, to help them facilitate those goals. And all of the other things are wonderful and good for you, but that's, that's where I am. Now I know that's not the same for everybody and that doesn't mean you can't have high expectations and push for things and, and make those goals and, and try to work on whatever it is you want to work on. Please don't, don't stop doing those things. But, but when you boil it down to its essence, that's kind of where I'm at Yeah. with my children and my, just my story. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there and, and I, I just, I encourage all of you to not let regression or, um, 
periods of of down, you know, when yeah. you're kind of in the down to uh to dictate dictate, yep. your Amen. life or or your relationship with your child cuz yeah. it's it will change. It will. Yeah. That's solid. I think the advice is solid you, advice. Yes. Yeah. Perfect way to finish it out. Yeah. Are you being sarcastic, Shannon? Mm. No, I am being wholeheartedly <laughs> truthful <laughs> and genuine. Genuine. Were Words are hard. I Were you going to say something, Tosh? No, I, I was. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you, let's use, um, you know, regression or stuck moments, you know, in our advocacy, especially if if we can, um, you know, use it as a tool to get more services, um, etc. But but much like Brittany said, it's it is these you know, goals that, that this world puts on our, you know, this, this box that the world puts our, our children in and, and every child, you know, it, it is not, it's not it. It's not it. You know, um, their happiness is it. Um, and, and a, and a, and a life that, that they are happy in is, is all that matters, you know? Um, Some, sometimes that, that refusal, or that demand avoidance or that setback is an indication that it's time to pause and reflect. Right. Amen. And so 100%. It's, yep. It's positive. It's a positive thing. It's um, our kids are sort of like our, our volume controls, our barometers on, on our, our own beings and our own energy that we put out into the world. And sometimes we were all guilty of again, getting in the rat race Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of, or kind of being an automatic pilot and not realizing, like, whoa, time to slow down and mm-hmm. be be reflective mm-hmm. and introspective here and and reevaluate some things. And then who knows? With great setbacks come great comebacks. Yeah. Um, you know, better better things to come. It can propel you even further forward, and you just don't even know. So, um, I'm talking about my life. Just kidding. Um, not really. Uh, it's a whole nother episode. Yeah. Many episodes. Many um, episodes. And <laughs> maybe an installment. Um, so, uh, so maybe we should peek it. Are we, are we ready to peek it ladies? Mm, we are. Every, every week we try, we do, we try to end our episodes with a peak of the week where we talk about rays of sunshine and highlights from our week, whether it be personally or like, like individually with us as women and moms or our children and or both. Mm. So who wants to, wants to express themselves first? Express I will express yourself. myself. <laughs> I will express myself first, but not that way. Um, no, just kidding. Um, Ruby came home uh, from school yesterday, and she's doing her normal thing. We're we're you know getting snacks and putting away backpacks and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, she turns to me and she says, "Mom, guess what? I played tag with Preston today." And I Aww. said, what? Aww. And she, she told me she played tag with a kid named Preston. I don't know who Preston is, but Preston, we love you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then she mentioned a couple other names and that she like interacted with another child at recess, which is fabulous. Normally, she likes to kind of do her own thing. And that's great. Maybe she needs that break. I'm not going to, you know, 
try to fix that if that's what she needs. But it sounds like she's found a little friend to at least chase around the playground in, you know, as third graders do. So that was fun to hear. Love it. I love that. Thank you, Preston. Shout out Thank to you, Preston. Preston. Shout out to Preston. <laughs> Who next? Who next? Mm. Shannon's <laughs> stretching. Are we... We're peaking. Are we all having a hard time find of, finding our peaks? Um, okay, my, this is Shannon, <laughs> peak is that there is currently a crew of six men putting electrical in the big expensive hole in my backyard that will eventually be a swimming pool for Gracie. And that means that I am one step closer to not living in a dust pit of chaos. That's six more pool boys than I have at all. <laughs> and a pool. <laughs> and a pool. Don't forget the pool. And that I mean, big hole. And that big hole in your backyard. Big, big hole. And Gracie likes to stand at the door now and she says, men working. <laughs> oh, cute. Because the men are working to build She's her She's like, pool. men work so, faster, please. I know. She's like, have get it together, guys. Um, so we're we're one step closer so i cannot wait for this pool to go in the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my dogs too okay i'll just camp in your backyard if you don't have tape to your house it'll just be like all of the pacific northwest just tents everywhere (laughs) 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 or downtown austin uh pretty much uh, anywhere in the u.s (laughs) yes tosh what about you Um, yeah, I was just trying to think, um, Jack just finished his first season of soccer and he loved it. We had some protesting through the season, um, but he actually really, really enjoyed it. And it was such a great experience, um, you know, with it being a, uh, team specifically for, uh, mental or, uh, physical disabilities. And it was just incredible. We're how, looking forward how, to what's this the summer. age range on that Tosh? Like age range can is you continue from, to do that. Mm-hmm, kindergarten to um, twenty five. Nice, that's amazing. Okay. Yep. That's yeah. really cool. So we had some, we had some, um, some kids in their twenties. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So look into so stuff awesome. around look, that. Look into in your it. neighborhood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Ours is done through our professional um, uh, major league soccer team. Um, so yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. That's that. It reminds me of just sort of like the special Olympics, Texas, that Corey is, um, involved in on the, on the bowling team. Um, and then we'll be with various activities throughout the each school year. But, um, so, we just had, again, I know this will be published at a later time, but we just obviously had Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I know last year's Halloween was just like, I don't know, it was just magic for, for Rory. Um, Halloween wasn't something he loved for the first, you know, his primary years. You know, it wasn't until it was he was four did he start to slightly turn a corner and, and start to be an interested and like it. And now it's like, you know, an obsession. Um, he is, it was like, I mean, no, 
he was just like all the rest of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't have to hyper attend to him because he was kind of even like looking at making sure he was with the group and looking for all the kids that he was with um, and the families that we were with. And he was so lit up. He was just so, he was so happy. He was just all in his glory. And then when he was done, he was ready to tell me he was done. And I was like, it's perfect timing because let's go home and go to bed, bud. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go. So, um, I love it. It was, it was a great, great enriching night for the little mayor, mayor kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, love it. so, well, thanks for having this discussion and, um, sharing all your experiences and, you know, we want to hear from all of our listeners in terms of what your experiences have been with regression. Um, maybe any questions or concerns, if you think that we should keep continuing the conversation or certain areas, aspects of, of the conversation. Um, cause again, like, this is something just across the lifespan that, um, will be, be part of your conversation most likely with, with all those you come in contact with who support your kid, including yourselves as caregivers. So, uh, thanks for listening. We love you and, um, keep spreading the word about our podcast and don't forget to give us a review because those reviews help other families like yourselves find our podcast. So you are helping other people and that's all what we created this for. So thank you until next time. We love you. See Bye. you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.